What's going on, everybody? I'm Peter. And I'm Chris. With the Homes Real Estate Podcast. Today, we wanted to address a statement we hear from a lot of our buyers, especially our first timers, and that is, I want to fix her up her. This is a fun one, tough one, and easy one all at the same time. Mm-hmm. We, we do get we do get quite a few of our first time home buyers that we all absolutely adore. Um, they the impression is that if I get a fixer up or I get something cheaper and I can just move in it. Mm-hmm. It's just easy. Yeah. And uh, I see probably eighty percent of my first time buyers say I want to fix her up or maybe five percent do one. So we, today we wanted to just kind of dispel myths that come along with Fixer Upper. We wanted to give you a heads up as to what to look for in one, avoid some of the pitfalls, um, and uh, have a successful fixing experience. Well, you know they want a Fixer Upper until we actually walk into a few of the Fixer Upper. And now we're also talking about the difference between a dated home mm-hmm. and then a true under under market. Fixer-upper. Right, and and that that would be a HUD house, a foreclosure, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a a true distressed property. So the first thing that we you gotta have as a, a fixer-upper is you gotta have vision. So you gotta walk into this house and be able to see what that house is going to look like once it's done. So and and Chris mentioned the dated house. There's nothing wrong with a dated house, um, especially if you can get it under market. You know, maybe it's an estate, um, especially if it's you know, someone that has maintained the rest of the property, but they just mm-hmm. didn't update. That's a that is that's my ideal fixer upper right there. Oh, I, I see. I like the dated ones, especially for my first time home buyers. Right. Because they can envision. Oh, you know, over time I can put in a new bathroom. Right. I can put in a new kitchen. Um, the roofs are usually solid. The mechanicals are usually pretty good in most cases. Right. Um, but we're just talking about carpet, paint, maybe getting rid of some of that wooden paneling. Right. Just stuff like that. Yeah, and so that would we, we would call that like a live-in flip is what I classify that as. So that's something that you can go in, you can do a couple of things before you move in, and then you can do projects to increase the value of the house as you live there. So like Chris said, you can you know update a bathroom here or there, uh, or you can replace carpet in a while. So those are that's a great option to go with. And then also there's some properties that <clears throat> they're not quite at the dated level, but they're also not quite distressed. Uh, and those would be the properties that they do need immediate attention before you move in. They do need a new kitchen. They need new floors. Those are typically like a, I like to call them like a deferred maintenance property. Right. It, it might be not necessarily dated. It's just they weren't the cleanest people living there. They might have poked a couple holes in the walls or broke fixtures, you know. Things like that as you're, as you're taking a look at that home. Right. And so what, what's important to see there is to make sure we get that at a good price. So because the deferred maintenance, what seems to me is the deferred maintenance people are also the people that will patch their roof instead of replacing it or will, uh, you know, let their furnace be 35 years old before they take a look at it. So those are the people that, those, that we want to really look at those mechanicals. And the deferred maintenance scares me as a flip. I, you know, um, because we don't want you to get into projects that don't increase the value of the home. So your right. roof, so your mechanicals, your furnace, your air conditioning. Uh, and not that you can't have a, fl- a flip that needs a new roof, but you certainly need to get it at a price that reflects that. <laughs> Three layers with, with it leaking through. Yeah. So And the, the third type would be the true flip, the true fixer-upper, the true distressed property, the HUD, the foreclosure, the bank-owned. And those are things that we're going to see that are going to need a lot of work. Yeah, you're talking about purchasing the home 20 to 40 percent under market. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you're going to see in these homes typically you might have seen evidence of water in the basement for some reason or another. A lot of times it's just uh, the sump pump backed up, but you'll see all the 
cut out drywall in the basement if it was drywalled, or you'll see the marks going up the walls. Um, you might see some electrical issues in these houses too. Keep that in mind too on these flips. You might see the the old uh, God. We don't see a lot of oven too, but we do see it, or, or the old fuses. Yeah, but we do see the ungrounded outlets. We also see the grounded outlets that aren't actually grounded, uh, and that's that'll show up in a home inspection. But one of the things to be aware too on these is these properties have been shut up for a long time. And when you have a property that has not been ventilated and it's been cold and hot and cold and hot, it's a prime environment for mold. So I would, as a general rule, keep my first time buyers away from some of these more renovation heavy flips. Oh, big time. And that's the thing because part of being a good realtor is educating mm -hmm. your clients. And when we take them into these homes that are, you know, maybe 50% under their budget because they want to get an inexpensive or cheap house, don't really see what they're going to have to put into it and the time it takes and the fact that they can't move in right away or get a certificate of occupancy. I mean, the list starts growing. Right. And if we have them write a list, say, here's the steps, then, you know, maybe they start to realize this fixer-upper, true fixer-upper or flip isn't the way they want to go. And we've seen that. I've seen it just with some of my own clients recently, we had a property that actually looked like it was going to be a pretty decent flip. Needed some new paint, needed some new carpet, um, but we we dove into it, and there was there were some mold issues, there were some moisture issues, there were some plumbing issues, and we backed out of that property. They went and bought something a little bit more expensive. They didn't have to fix anything on it, and they're very very happy in that property. Um, so now is a is a flip for me. Now who's your who's your ideal flip candidate, Chris, for your buyers? Okay, now for a flip, I want somebody... Or a, I'm sorry, for a fixer-upper. Fi okay, fixer-upper. Um, so what kind of client would yeah. you see that would uh, would successfully hey. complete one? Well, I don't want to say I'm judging people's drive, but you, you want to see somebody that's driven, somebody that knows uh, remodeling and rebuilding. Yeah, they've got some experience. Or has the resources to do it. If you have somebody that's doing a first-time, you know say a zero down rural development because they don't have the money for it, then you're really going to be concerned about the next step because we don't ever want anybody to be house poor. Right, exactly. And we don't want to move it into something that, that they're just never going to be happy with. I hate the idea of selling a home to somebody and they don't love it and want to be there. Right. So it's to me, too, the other uh, resource, and Chris said you know, they've, they've got the resources to do this. For me, one of the big resources is time. If you've got somebody that has... A, a very you know uh, a demanding job they they don't have a lot of extra time that is the, the type of person that I don't want to see in a flip because what's going to end up happening is the, the you know the little bit of extra time they have that that fix it you know that house project is going to eat up whatever uh, extra time they have and they're going to be miserable oh big time you know so that's something that people don't think about is they don't think about even if you're not doing the work yourself even if you're having a contractor come in, it's still a lot of time. You've got to, I mean, you've got to be dealing with contractors. You've got to be dealing with pay drops and, and, and deadlines, and you've got to be dealing with people coming in and out of your house. It's, it still takes a lot of time and effort. Absolutely. That, that's why, like, like we said at the beginning, my favorite, I'll take dated any day of the week. Absolutely. So that is if you are looking for a fixer upper. If you are, have got a lot of time. Or at least some extra time. Maybe you don't work weekends. Maybe you've got a, a nine to nine to three, to, or I'm sorry, nine to five type of job. You don't work weekends, uh, and, and you've got some extra cash hanging around. It definitely can be a great option for you. Uh, and and you, we can see a lot of that money coming back out. Uh, the, the other thing, Chris, I wanted to talk about is what about um, buying a fixer upper? We're at the top of the market here. Yeah, I, I've seen lately. It's a whole lot tougher. Um, 
I, I've been seeing a lot better houses. I'm not seeing as much inventory with the bank-owned REO stuff. Definitely not, because that's usually the first place we would look for right. fixer-uppers is we go right for the bank-owned properties and go after them hard. My problem I'm seeing with the bank-owns is they're pricing these houses very competitively in in the marketplace as far as... So the it seems like the banks are getting a little bit smarter. They'll up maintain some of these properties, mm-hmm. and then they'll try and sell them for full retail value. Well, well, look, two, three years ago, they were, they were actually... You know, updating them, renovating them, mm-hmm. and getting a lot better right. return on their investment. Um, but but now they they're still priced pretty competitively, along with everything else. And, and the worst thing is, you know, they they negotiate very very tough on your inspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's if you are doing a bank owned or a HUD uh, foreclosure, do not expect any concessions or any repairs to be made. Uh, after your inspection, think of that inspection as just a, it's a for my information only. Um, they're they're almost never going to go in and fix anything that's yeah, found in an inspection. I, I haven't really seen it much unless there's something that affects the inhabitability majorly. Mm-hmm. But even then, I've seen the homes with no water heater, no no pipes. It's like how is, where is, as is. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Yeah, and that's the other thing that people don't realize is that can affect the mortgageability of your property. If you have a fixer upper. And especially if you have an FHA 2 or 3K or VA loan, mm-hmm. you know, those additional inspectors are going to be flagging some of these items. So if you are either a vet using a VA loan or someone who's, who's looking to use FHA financing, a fixer upper again might not be for you. They're going to flag that roof. They're going to flag that, you know, that cracked concrete. Uh, so th- that's something to be aware of. No, I, had, I was just talking to a, a lender. Uh, recently, and, and they mentioned that the 203K is going a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better program. Um, and, and they even have, have people within FHA that come out and they help with the assessment of the property and, and getting the bids and properly submitting the bids. So they have streamlined that process. Yeah, it's a 203 k assessor, and they're, they are certainly worth looking into. The 203K is, is great for somebody that doesn't have the skills. They've got the, the, the cash, but they don't necessarily have the skills to do it themselves because a 203K, every repair has got to be done by a licensed contractor. Mm-hmm. So that is something that if you're really handy and you're looking to you know do it yourself, the 203K isn't a great option for you. But there are some conventional blends and there's some other loan products. There's some home improvement loans and things I, like I that that you can VA go through the, even to the conventional sphere. Yeah. So it, it's just good. It, it's definitely an option. Um, but we got to be really smart and we got to pay attention to to a lot more of the details and what your ultimate goal is. Right. And that's the big thing is if like I said if you're thinking about this. Really take a hard look at, do you have the vision, do you have the skills, do you have the resources to complete this project? And also, you know, is it worth, because your time is worth something. Oh, big time. At the end of the day, take into account the the money you're going to spend on them. And, and, of course, you know, be very, very conservative with the amount that you're going to spend. You know, overestimate on everything. Uh, and, and then if you're under and you get surprised, great. But look at that. If, you know, if the house is 150000 and I'm going to need to spend thirty five. And I'm 185 in. Is it worth that time versus me spending 195 or 200,000, having a couple extra bucks a month, and having a similar home? That's what you really have to look at. Is is the is the return worth the risk? Is the biggest thing that I tell mine. Big time. And like I can't stress enough, your time is valuable. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing we all work toward. A lot of us they say, do you work for paycheck? No, we work for time. Yeah. We work for time with our families, our kids. In a lot of cases, ourselves. Yeah. So that's if you're thinking about doing that flip, think about do I want to be instead of going to kids' soccer game, 
Do I want to be hanging out on Saturday, you know, framing a new wall in? The answer is yes to that. You might be, like you said, they're, they're, flips are for, or fixer uppers are certainly a great option, um, but they're definitely not for everyone. So if you're thinking about buying a fixer upper or you're thinking about buying a flip or a flip to rent as an investment, which we'll do a, a separate podcast on investment properties, so stay tuned for that. Feel free to give us a call. Our information's right there on the podcast, and we'd love to speak with you. Y'all take care. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.